river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters, Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugar-fueled gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo adventure path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 73. So, when last we left Galen, yes, you had undergone a, a close, an intimately close meeting with Lady Quintessa Moray. Does she have any other kind? In the Church of Aristotle. Yep. Uh, well, that's why I bring my chaperone to these things. Uh-huh. Uh, she had in agreement for basically the considerations that you wouldn't kick her out of the kingdom, that you'd give her the stuff that she already more or less possesses and all but name. Yeah. Um, and she gave, in, in exchange for that, she gave you information on Dreliv, his councillors, the, the castle, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, she didn't give you the information that she says she has on her mug, the Twiceborn, because yeah. that's her, her trump card, essentially. Yeah. Um, and in exchange for that, you're not uh, stabbing the bejesus out of her. Yeah. Which, you know, I was already yeah. kind of looking for a way to not and, do. And very little else. She hasn't um, She hasn't asked you for much, but she hasn't necessarily given you all that much. No, no I, think it w- I think it's been a fairly equitable deal. She's getting um, definite safety and the promise of um, a small amount of um, noble power in her own name as opposed to just through Dreliv. And um, she'd given us some valuable intel, but nothing really startling. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was made just clear enough, but not too clear that she was Caitlin's for the having. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever he desired. Yeah. Without it ever being an explicit offer, Caitlin would walk away from the meeting with the impression that if you wanted her, you could have her. But there's nothing specific she, that she, she never, said that you could pin to that. She was never crass enough to come right out and say that. Yeah. Uh, so that was the end conclusion to that session I believe yes um, yes that was the last thing we did was um, conclusory stuff with Lady Quintessa yes because we went back into Fort Dreliv met up with her and then left Fort Dreliv and went home to Elksrest and so here we are in Elksrest oh and I knew there was something else and the, well, I didn't, but I remember now that there was something else. And then we went back in and rescued Kundal. 
Ah, and yes. like a, a dozen other werewolves. No, that was right. On the way out, you yes. rescued Kundal yes. and um, Draylev's fledgling army of werewolves by yeah, convincing we- them that their lord and king had sold them down the river. Yeah. Uh, and you have brought them back to Elk's Rest and effectively started commissioning a bunch of werewolf-proof cells in the jail. Yeah. Where, where we- you're going to pack these guys off every month. Yeah, until um, we have some werewolf cure, until yeah. we have some success curing werewolf yeah. so- therapy. Which I presume it's probably, given you cure them when they are werewolves, I presume if you do it, pull it off, they turn back into people. Correct. Right then at yes, the full yes, moon, and thus you, go, you can go, okay, we can let that guy out, but not those full snarling beasts. You know whether it works or not. The problem is it relies on a hard will save yeah. that they have to make. Yeah. They have to make the will save to pull it off. Yeah, so um, you you can go and see Tristan, who can tell you everything it's sundry about lycanthropes given yep. his like plus 20 something to knowledge nature at this point yeah he tells you oh yes yes with the power of the gods uh, Corwin should Corwin should be able to break this but it's a matter of the, it's a matter of the cursed person wanting to fight off the nature of the beast and the hunger I, as I understand can be quite savage it's a matter of their willpower reasserting itself at the time the divine channel is open to the gods to allow the curse to be lifted in the first place if they don't change back, it's not a matter of that they want to stay that way. It's a matter of that their will isn't strong enough to overpower the beast. But we can keep trying? Oh, yes. Quite certainly. Uh, every month. Alright. But this this could take some time. Yeah. Because basically, every month, Corwin cast remove curse on them. Every month, they get a will save. Yeah. Plus, he can probably only repair, repair so many remove curses. Like, he probably can't do all 13 uh, in he, one he, go. Probably not, but he can prepare a pretty ludicrous number now because yeah. he burns all his sixth, fifth, fifth fourth, fourth, and third level spells. Oh yeah, that's, actually that it probably is going to um, produce enough for. Um, t- yeah, I, I don't think least. that would cover thirteen spells, but it would cover at least um, at least you know yeah, nine eight or, or ten. Nine. Yeah. Hmm. And the full moon thing is three nights, so he can perceivably do that for three days every Correct. every every month. Correct. Yep. Which should provide us with success given enough time and patience. Right. With each person, he only gets one shot at it per full moon. Right, that makes sense. If it doesn't, oh, well, if it doesn't can... work on night one, there's no point trying on night two. two. Oh, well, so um, he can certainly prepare enough remove curses over the course of the three days to give everyone their one shot. Yep. Yep. Okay, that's fine. We have a we have a werewolf we have a de werewolfing program underway. Yep. And uh, when you come back and presumably uh, info dump to people about what has happened. Yes. At Fort Draylev, is this council or merely PCs? Um, I think probably I would tell the council that we have a. Um, would I? I will ask Michaela for advice about whether we want to keep Lady Quintessa's um, set up on the quiet. And Michaela, of course, immediately tells you not to trust anyone. Yeah. All right. So um, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, we will. Um, we will say that we have some additional intel in Drelev's camp. Yeah. And uh, we have a potential. Uh, we have a potential ally in Drelev's court. And, and your, your council will, of course, accept that at face value because they know that you don't always tell them everything. Yeah, and that um, you know, and that. We've broken in and, and rescued Kundal. That we've broken in and rescued Kundal, and um, that he's back. But we're de-lycanthroping him at this point. De- him and, and his new little buddy of army of werewolf buddies at this point, because the um, werewolf thing has now officially caused us enough problems. 
Uh, and are you putting um, Lillian and through her um, Lord Terry and Nemesty and that in contact with your spy master, the old Beldame, because the old Beldame will actively request that you do so. Yes, absolutely. On the basis of she... She says, well, it's not going to do us any good, is it, young man? If all, all our spies are running into each other and murdering each other in back alleys, is it? No, the, um... We need to all know where our agents are so we can backstab them at an appropriate time. All right, in that case, I will both put her in contact with Lillian... Yeah. ...and tell her privately that we have... that the person that we have is Lady Contessa Murray. She rolls her eyes slightly at the... Ah, the pretty young girl. Yes, I'm sure you were eager to make contact with her. <laughs> <laughs> the the old Beldame has no respect for Caelan as a king yeah, say. Yeah. it's you're a young person much like everyone who's under 70 yeah but she's um, she's she's at least as respectful for Caelan as she is to anyone else yes, and he'll that's, take that's very true and he'll take that um, in any case it's, um, she's Drolev's spy master so she's um, like to be picking up a few things about what's going on okay and when you info dump this out to people, uh, Corwin has another suggestion for you on dealing with Fort Drelev. He comes to me and says, "Ah, lad, I've been thinking. I've been thinking and chewing it over with what you reported in about this Lady Quintessa and what's happened in Fort Drelev and all that sort of thing. And I mean, I can see you're thinking about this like a general and a king, but you're not thinking about it like a treasurer." I mean, you just left his vault there. <laughs> oh, I, I did. Well, the thing is, lad, if his forces are made up of mercenaries, and his council are made up of more mercenaries, where do you think they're all going to go if his money supply dries up? Now, this hand fella, this, his treasurer of his, he's got the right idea, right? Because he knows that the money's what makes the kingdom flow. If, Anas, if old Hannes has no money... And he ain't got no friends whose loyalty he can rely on. He ain't got nothing. That's true enough, I suppose. On the other hand, um, I've been into that secret passage twice already now. Uh, I'm thinking if I try breaking in that way again, he's going to spot me. Aye, fair enough. Just another option to think about. Those who balance the budget sixth think, tend to think more about the economic flow of the kingdom, whereas I, I know sitting in that big high chair, it all sort of goes to your head, and you just think the money kind of flows off magic trees that I pick it out of every so often. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. We mine it out of magic mines. It's very different. <laughs> Alright, so you reckon uh, You reckon if we could get back in there having off with its treasury would be the way to go? Uh, it's, it's merely another option that Corwin yep. is proposing. You have a couple of ways to take down Fort Drelive as a whole yeah. in any way, it's merely that Corwin is proposing another one is if you cut off his money supply through whatever methodology prim- it, it, it wouldn't work against another kingdom, like you couldn't shut Pytax down like that because Pytax would presumably gather money in from its other allies you know, take along, promise to pay people tomorrow and survive in much the same way you would, Yeah. whereas Drelive explicitly doesn't have any friends or any loyalty or, or any, any reputation res- for keeping his word. Or any resources outside the city. I mean, yep. he, he, does, he hasn't exploited more than his few neighbouring hexes. He can't just go get resources from yep. elsewhere. Yeah, and, and his word is, is no good yep. to anyone. Yeah. So that is just another option yep. available for it's, um, it's an interesting idea. If I had a more burglary-oriented party, I'd be more enthusiastic. But as it is, it's not... Um, yeah, yeah. 
You've got old Tristan with his ten and open lock, but that's yeah. about it. I mean, I could go in with Bryn and um, my adamantine greatsword and go and look at me, I can cut through this lock like butter. I'm merely, um, there's got to be a limit to the number of times I can walk down that yeah, secret yeah, passage. Yeah. It's it's purely proposing it as another alternative and to suggest that you would get more out of his treasury than simply removing a pile of money. Yep, that is. Sticking it directly in your pants. That is a useful piece of information. And it is kind of tempting as an idea, but yeah, no, I think I'll... I'll I've I agree, your party is not particularly well set up to Ocean's Eleven, that shit. Yeah, and I have done a lot of burglarizing Fort Draylor, if I think I'm pretty ready to do something else. By all means. The floor is yours, you may dance upon it, however you please. Okay, so I think at this point we're prepared to say goodbye to Cholesterol. We have done a whole bunch of adventuring in Cholesterol. Goodbye, Cholesterol. And actually kick off with Faras. Yep. So what I desire is a kingdom turn. Okay. Roll stability. I make my stability check and gain a build point because I have currently no unrest. Okay, and then I pay consumption. Yep. And then fill magic item slots. Sounds like about right. Are you asking me or telling me? I'm asking you. By the time we get to clock six, we should work this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, play consumption, fill vacant magic item slots, modify and rest. Cool. Okay, so um, the um, I have um, three slots empty. Just give me a moment to find my or possibly several moments to find my magical item. Here we are. Oh, the um, NPCs have spent their dollars too, if you're interested. Oh, yes, let's hear about that. And what it is they are um, buying and wearing and that sort of thing. Uh, so. Get that little list in here. Okay, so. Yep. Uh, Tristan bought the, the Braces of Greater Archery. Yes. Uh, and went up to a plus four cloak of charisma. Uh, yes, very nice. Over his dumping his plus two one. Yep. Uh, it's it's there, but I presume Kaelin doesn't desperately want it. Uh, no. And no one else does either. Yeah. So, um, Bryn bought herself a monk's belt that gives her five additional levels of monk into, for a couple of uh, monkey abilities. Sweet. AC and um, unarmed damage. Nice. So she's now up to two d eight unarmed damage. Yeah, Kaelin's got a really yeah, Kaelin's got a really high cloak of resistance. He doesn't want the cloak of charisma. Um, Michaela wanted to buy more but couldn't afford it. Yep. And thus merely bought a um, plus three plus three to a tower shield. Yeah. That was all she could afford. Uh, Corwin went out and bought himself adamantine full plate plus two. Sweet. Which gives him dr three against everything. Sweet. So uh, that means he and Michaela both have dr now. Yes. Her one is bigger, but only but is penetrated by magical weapons. His right. One is smaller, but is penetrated by, by nothing. nothing. Sweet. Um, so adamantine full plate. Adamantine full plate. Class. It's you know big and heavy, but. He can swim in it without yep. blinking. Yeah, so he's he's good. 
So he and Bryn have both put like 25,000 gold back in their pants, essentially. Sweet, save uh, it for later. Yep, and Michaela bought your cloak of resistance plus two. Sweet. And sold Corwin her cloak of resistance plus one. Yep, so that the, um, so the cloak. Trickle down economics, continue your work. Yep, excellent. And that was all of that. Cool. In terms of your exciting magical items for the kingdom, are you ready yes. for three random things? Yes. More random than the last. Uh, so this one is a heavy steel shield plus two with sonic resistance. <laughs> okay. An immovable rod for 5,000 gold. What the hell? Oh, that's right. Tell me what they are and then we'll find out what they do. Uh, and a potion of non-detection. Ah. 150 gold. If you pass me a DMG out of the cupboard, I will tell you what a um, immovable rod does. Yeah. The shield is just a shield that gives you uh, ten points of energy resistance, Sonic. Yeah. The potion of non-detection prevents you from being scryed on and divined against and things like that. Yeah, that might actually be useful. Albeit only in a limited, um, yeah, because of potion. Uh, and are you not familiar with an immovable rod as a player? No, what's an immovable rod? Oh, is, is there an irresistible object? They're fantastic things. Uh, the reason you're probably not familiar with them is because I believe that they are under rods instead of um, ah, right, wondrous yep. items. Yes, I haven't spent a lot of time in the rod section. That's what an immovable rod is. a flat iron bar with a little button on one end. Uh, when you activate it, the rod does not move where it, from where it is. It stays in place. It defies gravity. Uh, you can place it where you wish, push the rod, and let go. Adventurers have found immovable rods useful for holding ropes, barring doors, and all sorts of other useful tasks. Uh, it can support up to 8,000 uh, pounds. A creature pushing against it must make a DC 40 strength check. That is actually kind of awesome. How much um, is the amount? And here's a picture of a guy climbing by sticking a whole bunch of them in the wall. Ah, yes. Like a ladder. Yes, I've seen that picture many times. What's the... Um, it is worth 5,000 gold. That is not very dear. I'm feeling the pull. The immovable rod pull. <laughs> All right. It's it's a bizarre and interesting object, but it's one of those things you have to remember to actually use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... Okay, can I assume that no one is interested in a heavy shield? Shields? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought so. Cool. Then I have. Pl- then I'm going to leave those other two for consideration. Yep. Um, and um, when I and I will clear my ring of water breathing at this time. Yep. I feel Corwin could great make great use of an immovable rod if he was a completely different character who thought about that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, Bryn wouldn't touch it. Yep. And. Um, Michaela and Tristan could probably use it for entertaining purposes because Tristan has a whole bunch of weird utility shit in his pants. Yeah, well, I, um, I will keep it in mind. For, I will offer it up to other people if I decide I don't want it, but I have not yet made that decision. Okay. Do I assume that drinking a potion of non-detection is like casting the non-detection spell upon very, yourself? Very much. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, sweet. All right, I'll um, I'll have a looky at what non-detection would at, at the lowest cast. It's, level, it's just like presumably. casting a scroll on yourself, only you don't need to know the spells. Which is pretty nice for Kalen's point of view, given he doesn't know any spells except magic hand and detect magic. All right. Okay, that's cool. Duly noted. Yep. Continuing along the path of the kingdom turn, uh, I refrain from modifying unrest. I don't have any anyway. Yep, have your people beaten by your royal enforcer? Yeah. Uh, 
or not, as you please. Yeah, Huxley fails to assassinate anyone for you. Yep. Um, then assign leadership, claim and abandon hexes, build, build, build. Okay, do you want to hear what I um, have been up to in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. So, um, I claim um, C7 in Varnhold, which is the um, first chunk of Silver Step Lake. Yep. That has the mud flats and, you know, eels. Mm-hmm. If you're clever enough to catch them, mm-hmm. which Caitlin most assuredly is not. Um, I'm assuming there's nothing special there, but you're welcome to check and see. I will just double check it. I don't think the um, lake is a landmark, but it could be. In, in that hex, I build a fishery. Yep. Um, uh, which has... Um, so, one, I I eat well and fish. Mm-hmm. And eels. And eels. Mm. On rare occasions. <coughs> it's less that people can catch them deliberately and more they occasionally come up in the nets. Sweet. Um and then I build a military academy. Indeed you do. So I'm just going to look at where I was planning to build that in Varnhold. Okay. So I'd like to know what one does and how many hexes it takes up. So it takes up two lots. Okay. Military academy as opposed to a military base. Yeah, the smaller yeah, one. The two separate things. Yeah, because the goal here is um, I'm about to found another army for Frederick Marsh, but yep. I was thinking it might be cool if it was a cool army, so I'm seeing if I can get additional army things. Yep. Okay, so uh, a military academy, um, very much like the Indran Military Academy in Corvosa. Um, it is a relatively large and complex building, almost on par with a university or something, in, or a big library or something in that neighbourhood, but for very specific purposes. Uh, it is an institution dedicated to the study of war and the training of elite soldiers and officers. Uh, this gives you no stat changes of any kind in your kingdom. Okay. Uh, what it does give you is any army built there gains a tactic automatically. Ooh. Um, uh, for that matter, sorry, it's not any army built there. It's any army now built in your kingdom, yep. period. Because... The presumption is that the officers have been trained there, as opposed to um, that you need to build it in Barnhold. You can start your army in Barnhold. Yeah, because it, it doesn't make any. I just yeah, start the officers. Them all the them. officers just move. Yeah, you uh. you hire Captain So and So from there. Shiny. Secondly, all your armies gain plus one morale. Ooh. Because what, of course, will happen here is you will start filtering your army commanders and the lieutenants and that sort of thing through this building. Excellent. 
that morale is less reflecting that the army is, you know, now super happy and more they're well trained, they're well disciplined. Uh, yeah, they don't freak out at the drop of a hat. Correct. Okay. And that is what it gives you. Okay. That is very nice. No stat changes of any kind, but it's awesome for war. Yep. Yep. It's pretty cool. So, um, quick question about, um, uh, the Centaur and Vanhold armies. Yep. I've, um, I had them both, I, I had the Vanhold army at two morale and the Centaur army at one morale. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if that just reflected the the modifiers of their leaders. At which point the Van Hold army should actually go down to one morale because they've got Bob. Correct. Where it now becomes two. Yep. Yeah. So I need to pay attention to that when the army. Um, that is quite certainly the um, modifier based because yeah. it's default zero. Yeah. Plus your commander's charisma modifier, which yeah. is assumed to be nothing unless they're a named NPC. Yeah. Um, Plus, now now they all get plus one for the military academy. Sweet. Including Commander Bob. Yeah. So, um, Deneed Thunderhoof, um, I apparently didn't write down a charisma modifier for. Uh, Deneed Thunderhoof, 12, so she adds one to their morale. Sweet. Then I have then I have all of those correct, except I forgot to factor in Mythic Leaving and Bob coming online. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's all fine. Okay. Um, which means when I found a new army, it will be um, benefit from um, starting morale of five and a free tactic. Yeah, and your existing armies do not gain an additional tactic on the basis that uh, it's actually too hard to retrain them into something they already know, and, yeah. you know, some of them might already be capped at tactics and things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the tactics cap does not enhance, it merely they start better. Yeah, because the thing is, um, all of my armies have at least one tactic, and yep. the um, Kesson's Bowmen already have two, so yep. I'm not going to be running around. It wouldn't be a net improvement. Yep, no problem. Um, but yes, and um, essentially the conception here is we are ingre- having attracted a caliber of the... Com- the uh, um, general of the caliber of Frederick March, we're now upgrading our capacity to have armies so we can build them a really awesome one next turn. But um, that is however all my money for this turn. Um, and then um and that's it. Yep. Uh, so change edict levels, which I assume you don't want to do. No. Nope. Uh, collect taxes. Yep. Probably good enough, even with the economy in its presently parlor state. Next turn, in addition to founding an army, I think we're going to have to build some economy buildings. Yeah. 13 is just fine. Yep. I make my economy check. Does anything else happen in the month of Frost? Uh, yes, it does. A relatively quick one. Uh, you will get a notification through Svetlana as your grand diplomat um, that. Um, what's this dude's name again? 
is Timon Maracas of the representative of Dagamark would like to have a a, a you know meeting with you. <laughs> I'm just having a Timon moment because of Rowan of Rennes. Yeah. I'm like, where have I heard the name Timon? Oh, totally inapplicable. Different character. Uh, if you remember him, he was the he he's an elf. He he was the really diplomatic one. Yes, right? he is the rep- he is the representative of Dagamark because they do not have kings; they're run by a secret council. Yeah. Um, and basically is is you know. 300 years old and completely inoffensive in every way. He was the one who ran a couple of your jewels at the Rushlight tournament. And he's the one who um, was having a co- co- um, meeting with Svetlana Which when she started... blocking uh, out, yes. Yeah. And just kind of came and quietly got me. Yes. So I would be happy to see Timon Maracas. Uh, so he will come to see you with a couple of a, a couple of generic assistants and wants Svetlana in the meeting as well because she's your grand diplomat obviously yeah. um, and comes and greets you your, your majesty King Caelan how are you? you know, pleasure to see you again shakes your hand blah 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 runs through 15 minutes of small talk about how your wonderful children are and what bad luck it was that you couldn't quite pull out the Rushlight tournament but nonetheless you know he was very impressed yep um, which Caelan will politely let him natter on and he says, I have come to speak with you on behalf of Dagamark, because we have concerns about a restless neighbour you and I both share, because they're on the other side of Draylev. Oh, I, I, I think I might know the one you mean. King Draylev is... A full, King Draylev is a known commodity that Dagamark has interacted with extensively over the years. It does not mean that he is a desired quantity... And the new unknown chaotic factor of Armag the Twiceborn troubles us deeply. However, I am led to understand that you have these events relatively well in hand. Uh, I'd like to think I'm... Uh, I mean, we're... Uh, perhaps it would be more correct to say I hope to have them in hand in future. We're still working on both of those problems, but um, I believe... Matters are progressing satisfactorily at this time. Dagamark has no desire whatsoever to see Armag the Twiceborn forming a kingdom or even sacking one so near to their borders. But we can see that... What is it that your lovely wife would say? Wind is changing? We can see which way the wind is blowing in. And before we find ourselves standing nose to nose at our borders, Dagamark would like to extend the hand of friendship to you. Hi. Uh, I've, I've no objection. Specifically, you know, we understand that you have trading agreements with blah, 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 blah. Um, he wants a trade deal much like you have with several other kingdoms. Uh, if you've I've run into got... this event two or three times, so you yep. probably remember it. I have one with Mivon and one with Pytax, and I used to have one with Vanhold, but I don't anymore. Yeah, because now you've absorbed them. Yeah. Um, so basically, a trade route is you can spend some build points and make a stability check. If you succeed, you get bonuses to your economy. If you fail, then the caravans get lost and eaten along the way and that sort of thing. Um, in this case, Dagamark is coming to the party as well. Timon proposes that he will pay, that Dagamark will pay for half of the trade route if you will pay for half of the trade route. Sweet. Um, you have to make the stability check because obviously. He's an epic city. Yeah, no problem. I would be most happy to have a trade a trade deal with Dagamark and um, one they're prepared to contribute to as a very, very fine goal indeed. Of course, the um, 
the present challenge with um, Fort Drelev means getting a trade route in will be relatively difficult, but I do know now that at least the top half of the hex consists of a non-boggy route north. So this will cost you two build points, which I assume you could probably pay. Oh, yes. Roll a stability um, check. Having collected taxes. I make it. Okay, you gain a plus one economy bonus. Excellent. This is exactly the sort of thing that I need. Alright, this is going to be an events one, I would say. So I'll put under events. Now I have a trade, mark, a trade route with Daggermark. Excellent. That is just lovely. My economy looks slightly less parlous. Um, it's it's very similar to what you have with Mivon and Pytax. There are other things covered in it, like retoads won't go to war with you and things. Yeah. Uh, which are, of course, completely meaningless because... We, it, it means we won't go to war with you until we totally need to go to war with you? Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as you decide to go to war with Dagomart, obviously you're going to break off your trade route with them. It, it's like um, having peace treaties with the Kingdom and Civilization. Yeah. They break them right before they declare yeah, war yeah. on you. You are, you are not going so far as to have mutual defense pacts or anything like that. You are merely agreeing to extend the hand of friendship and peace to each other and yeah. generally cooperate on a number of matters and that sort of thing. Oh, on the other hand, it means we're probably less likely to go to yeah, war yeah, with correct. each other. And it's it's things like you are not compelled to, say, turn over any prisoners that um, run into your lands over to them, but you are at least compelled to hear them out to argue for it. Yeah. Which is something you'd be doing anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I hear, okay, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. You're not exactly giving up a lot there. Okay, so Timon will go on at length about this. Uh, Kaelin can make a... Um, uh, actually, you can make me a Kingdom Stability check again here. I make it. Okay. Uh, Kaelin is, is relatively on the ball about what's happening in, in his kingdom. Timon talks about this and that and the weather and the crop rotations and what sort of trade you'll need and what sort of buildings you have and what Dagomart can offer. Dagomart has a, has a pretty robust economy, so they've got lots of things on the table. And it will occur to Kaelin, this guy is really well informed. Yeah. Really well informed. He knows what's happening in Stagthorn. He's not he doesn't necessarily know all your deep dark secrets, but he's got a pretty damn good idea about how your kingdom thumps along. So it's a lot like it was with Pytax, where they just know all the stuff about my kingdom? Uh, or a lot, but not quite as much as Pytax. It's, um... Pytax knew, knew a lot more direct things. Yeah. Dagmark has a lot more idea about the state of your kingdom. Miravetti never gave you any idea he knew what all your businesses were and that sort of thing. Well, I was just remembering he knew um, he knew my quarry had just run out. Yes. And I only got word on that yes. then. <laughs> right, right, but Dagmark has a more business, a, yeah, business it, perspective. It comes across less that, um, you know, he, he has super secret mind-reading abilities. Yeah. And more just he makes his business to be extremely well-informed about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dagomark, of course, are famous for their assassins. Yes. Um, and between the lines, they're spies. Yeah. Logical first step before you go all the way to assassins. And, you know, he will talk to you about your family and this trade deal and that trade deal and all that sort of thing. Um, he speaks about the concept, generally, of mutual defence pact against Almarg. He's not so much worried about Drelev, who yeah. obviously doesn't think is going to take a pot shot at Dagomar. Yeah, um, and I'm certainly, if it comes to that, I'm certainly interested in um, 
some kind of deal with them on that regard. Kaelin may fail a sense motive check anytime he pleases. Yep. Do I need to do that, or could I just no. roll a dice and we'll say I fail? Well, how I what, what was on the dice? It was an eight. So okay, yeah, you failed. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. He, he rolled moderately low, so it's possible, but um, yeah, yeah. But there's no given. I did as well. There's no real point. Yep. And I get that Tim On is an offensive kind of guy whose real opinion about things is moderately difficult to determine. Well, he's he's like the epitome of a career politician. Yeah. He has, like, no official function other than to talk on behalf of his shadowy masters, but for all you know, he is one of his own shadowy masters. Yeah, it certainly would surprise me. Um. He's 300 years old, anyone with sense would have to as one of the guy. And, yes, so you run through all this deal, you, you speculatively agree with it, you have several aides run over, he, he basically stays for a night, you have several aides run over a ton of paperwork, yep. the next day you come back together with him and Svetlana, you run through the, the giant multi-page contact, Dag, contract, Dagmark also quite likes their legalese, yep. it's a yeah, country and we, of um, lawyers as well. Yeah, and we have to read it all really carefully. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good, just making some notes for um, future um, future kingdom projects based on that. And can Kaylin give me a listen check? Well, he's under here somewhere. Uh, Something inconvenient. It's okay, it's just um, uh, eight. Easily enough. Um, So, you are sitting there looking through your copy of this, you know... It's it's not, it must be said, arduously complex or needlessly yeah. complex, but it is twenty thick pages long. Yeah, yeah. And Svetlana is sitting by the other one. And Kaylin, you can hear yourself mumbling slightly, you know, in the event that arbitration is required, we shall go before an independent third party as appointed by an independent church, such as but not not necessarily limited to that of Aristotle, you know, blah 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 blah. And Svetlana is sitting next to you looking through her contract and Looking over and muttering to herself, all of in vain, something the sword was crafted by the Iron Lord. Sweet Lana? She continues to mutter to herself and and appears to be sort of pouring through the contract, but yeah. when you actually stop and look at her, she's just kind of going over the same line again and is actually writing over the top of it. Yeah. Orvin uh, Bain, so named the sword. I'll grab her pencil off the paper and um, then gently shake her arms. And she, she sort of blinks a couple of times like she's just... It, it's not so much that she's asleep, it's just that sort of thing you do where your concentration drifts off when you're just sort of staring aimlessly into the distance. And as you shake her, she sort of blinks a couple of times and, and snaps back to it. Yes, sorry, I was just looking over the... Um, I was, I was just looking over the trade agreements and where we are going. To, who is going to take on cartage hauling for the caravans? Uh, here you see, and, and she points under where she's just written Orvin Bain across the top of cartage hauling fees, and doesn't react to it in any way. She points to the cartage yeah, hauling so, fees. Says, I, I think twelve point three percent is fair. Svetlana, look, look at the paper. Do you do you see that? What the twelve point? You, you, you were doing it again. You were muttering about Orvin Bain. I see. I, I gotta say, I don't know what it is, but that's the second time you've done it with that Tamon not too far away. 
she it may not be the second time it's been happening a few more times maybe people have been looking at me oddly it's hard to tell whether it is more so than usual. Alright. Alright, look. We'll get these papers sorted out and then we're going to um, have a bit more of a look into this at this point. I don't like this. This is getting worrying. Yeah. Uh, Tavon, who was actually in this meeting, studiously ignores your whispered conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bit where we erase all the bang off the document. <laughs> He's a bureaucrat. Here's another copy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, and you sign the trade agreement with Dagmark and with handshakes and goodbyes to Mon Maracas departs. Yep. And then um, I'm gathering up my um, nearest and dearest and Svetlana yep. and having a conversation about what the heck's going on with Svetlana because I know she got the medical clearance once but now I want a more thorough medical yep. Yep. clearance. And you go, gathering, you go gathering about this and we'll find out basically when you actually ask around she's done this and other half a dozen times that you can fairly easily find out about, and the impression is that it's probably at least another half a dozen that you're not finding out about. Yeah. Um, It's nothing blatant. She just fades out for a couple of minutes at a time. Not for, you know, a good while like she did the last time at the Rushlight Tournament, but it happens on and off. Um... When you actually go and ask the one source that is closest to her about it, Tobias, yeah, um, he thinks about it and he sort of well, of course, you know, Mama always sings her songs and her poems and that sort of thing. She's done it as far as you can remember. Uh, he can peg at least twelve times. He has seen her sit in the corner and sing this sing this song softly to herself. Okay. And she just kind of fades out. Does he... When's the first time you can... Does he have any idea on when he... The first time you can remember her doing this? Um, uh, oh, uh, no, actually, sorry. Um, you do not get that from Tobias. You get that from Erica, who is Tobias's nanny and... Brandon and Micah's nanny as well, yeah. by extension now. Um, and she says, oh yes, you know, Svetlana sings, Svetlana sometimes sings that uh, that little song or ditty. It's a little odd, but then most children's rhymes are when you put your mind to it. Oh, I suppose so. You know, when she's doing a, I, I can think of at least 10 or 12 instances. When did it start? Uh, she thinks back on this. Um... Uh, that would be she would peg that as being a little before the Rushlight tournament maybe six weeks or so beforehand right uh, which would be timeline wise about when Drelev got invaded by Amag the Twiceborn and quite possibly around the time Amag the Twiceborn was brought back from the dead in the first place yeah yeah okay because at some point Amag appears with an army and runs over Drelev City and Niska leaves with him. Yeah. And somewhere around that time, because Erica doesn't see anything unusual in it, it's a month or 
either direction mm. it will take. Uh, is something wrong? I I don't think so. Probably not. Uh, should we be concerned about Tobias? Oh, I don't think so. Have, have you noticed anything odd about him? Uh, well, he sings the same song, of course. Ah, right. Okay. They sing to each other sometimes. At the same time? Yes, in unison. It's it should be quite beautiful, she says, looking slightly troubled. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't. it didn't charm me, but it's not my place to say that. <laughs> Alright. Okay, yeah, I think um, maybe that is something we should be a little concerned about. I'll, I'll talk with some people and we'll, we'll see what, what happens. Alright, to the council? To, 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 well, the, to the PC group? To the PC council. With Svetlana? With Svetlana. Uh, just doesn't uh, seem like a conversation she wants to people to have behind her back. So you're reporting back what you've learned to Svetlana? Yeah. Including the part about Tobias, yeah. She looks very troubled by this. Just, I, I have spent plenty of time with Tobias, of course, with songs and games and all kinds of things, but I have no recollection of any of this. I... I was sitting in the... Today, I was sitting in the council room uh, looking over the contracts with Dagemark drifting off. They are very dull. But economically important. But still very dull. Aye, I was having trouble reading the damn things at all. I, I wish people I, would bear in mind scholarship ain't my strong point and put it all in big words with little... Put it all in big words. I just drifted off for a minute or two, that's all. There's nothing unusual about that. But I don't remember specifically what I was doing, I was just drifting. I'm a bit worried about it, to be honest, that it's you and Tobias. I don't know if it's some kind of prophetic thing, or some kind of Leftover influence from the cult. Uh, well, says Tristan, we, we theorised that it might be a form of sorcerous prophecy coming to mark, but um, we, I suppose the arcanic blood is in Tobias as well from the same sources. Well, part of the same sources, part of his blood. <laughs> he sort of looks at Caleb. Uh, but I, I wouldn't imagine that the gift would manifest itself so spectacularly similarly between the two of them. Uh, sorcerers rarely have anything much in common with each other in terms of how their powers develop. It's one of the things that makes it so difficult for them to manage. Svetlana sort of... Let me have a look. I, I have a theory from Bergstrom's guide to arcanic conduits. Flip, 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 flip. Mm-hmm. It's not a great theory. If he doesn't make the check, I'm keen for him to make this one. He says, uh, Svetlana, were you ever involved in... Were you ever involved in any sort of uh, rituals or anything of that nature with Goodinesca? And Svetlana, you know, flushes a sort of deep red. She says, well, of course, we... 
prayed together to Garona, the said rather woman, as she as as she had explained to the looks red and embarrassed again, the patron deity of lost woman, those in need. I less we all know of, of that part about what happened, and but we need to we need to know more about what specifically happened. Uh, well. It, she describes several things that sound pretty innocuous. Yeah, which presumably they would need to. Yeah, yeah, because Svetlana would have noticed. You know, they they did things like they burnt incense to yeah. her and chanted and prayed and that sort of thing. But honestly, nothing that stands out at you as being anything more unusual than some of the rituals you have in the Church of Beristil. Yeah, I mean, taken from a certain point of view, shooting arrows at targets could be seen as incredibly hostile and warlike. Yeah. But that's not what the ceremony is about at all. Yeah. It's about, you know, enhancing your... Um, it, it's about enhancing your accuracy and your connection to the god and making a connection between the goal and the thing you're trying to achieve. Yeah. It's a metaf- it's meta- it's The arrow is a physical action that's a metaphor for something. Yeah. Uh, likewise here... Um, Tristan listens to all of this and he says, uh, So you were praying together for Gairona's goals in... Well, what, what I have really have to describe is a ritualistic coven. I, I think I have a theory about what's happening here. We're all ears. Well, we're, we've theorised that Goody Nisku is attempting or was attempting to resurrect our mind the Twiceborn, Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that she's done it because he's a fellow wandering around calling himself Amarg the Twiceborn. Uh, yes, but but we know Amarg is seeking something. Orvinbane. One would assume, yes. And if he's seek, if he's... Wait a minute. Is this fellow just calling himself Amarg the Twiceborn? Is it that they haven't brought the real one back? He, he Tristan shrugs slightly. I, I can't speculate as to because the, because the rhyme it says that his soul's in the sword. Orvin Bane so named the sword and to keep the warrior's soul interned interred until the stars. And if they haven't word. found the bloody thing, maybe they haven't found the real mark. Uh, Orvin Bane, if it even exists, and there isn't any firm proof for that, certainly the cult of the Black Sisters of Gairono seem to believe in it. Uh, Orvin Bane is supposed to contain Armag's soul. Without the sword, no sword, no soul. But I imagine it's significantly more complex than simply pulling a sword out of a stone and declaring yourself to be the king reborn. I mean, that would be silly. Aye, there's got to be some kind of ritual in that. But surely without the sword, they can't do the ritual in the first place. So... Well, you're talking about bringing a soul back... But Lady Forasma has attempted to pull away and judge. Now, if your rhyme's any indication... Then she didn't quite manage it because old Gorham put his sticky bloody beak in there and interfered. But pulling a soul back from the lady's judgment is not the kind of thing that's done easy or lightly. Aye, and the soul must have been trapped in the sword somehow so that it wouldn't go on to, so it wouldn't go on to Phrasma. But they'd have to be blooming careful getting it back out again that it doesn't wind up escaping and going on to it. I mean, aye, presumably aye. it's the sort of thing she'd want to sort out. I would theorise that this isn't something that's easily done. Nobody's seen Niska for months now, or some of what we presume are her black sisters. Nobody's seen Armand the Twiceborn for months either. Aye, and this sheds new light on this fellow that I recognised that was just a regular tidy Lord Barbarian as far as I knew last time I saw him. Maybe he was and he's the one who wants to be Armand rather than the one who already is. 
I mean, all we've seen them do is, you know, come in and sack a city. I mean, any fella can do that. I could do it if I felt it was so inclined. So a large army of barbarians, says Michaela. Ah, exactly. I, I would theorize, says Tristan, that, um, that the, the rituals are still an ongoing and very complex process. Uh, I would theorize that Svetlana and Tobias himself, who has had his own run-ins with the Church of Verona and the Black Sisters... Aye. He has... <laughs> is Caelan looking fairly black? He has and holds up a hand for peace. Through no fault of his own, through manipulations of him as a child, become a pawn in someone else's game. Aye. <laughs> Aye. And whether or not that is still... That is the desi- whether or not that is desired, it has still occurred, and that echo will always be with him. I would say that there is a subconscious link between Svetlana and the rest, Svetlana Tobias and the rest of the coven. They will, in some way, experience what they are experiencing. Now, I don't think you need to be alarmed. You're not performing any rituals. Nobody's seen you performing any actions. Nothing of the sort. This isn't a control over you. It's just a subconscious call, a beckoning. Based on all the reports we have, it's going to take you out of commission from time to time. But it's not going to control you. Well, that's good to know. Mm. I, I I feel reassured by that explanation as far as it goes. Do you think there's any way we can cut the two of them off for it? Particularly young Tobias. Uh, when the ritual is concluded, this will end one way or the other. I imagine it will get worse as we move closer to that point, though. But there's no you, you can't think of any way we can cut them off from a, a different ritual? Different deity? Ask for, their, ask for their protection, something like that? It's not quite so simply done. As I say, if it were a harmful link, we could remove a curse or something in that neighbourhood. But it's merely an unconscious side effect. It's not going to put her into any danger. It's going to make it very difficult to do my job if this continues to get worse. Well, yes, but... So could we try removing removing a curse or something of that nature? Tristan sort of looks at you from slightly. Well, of course you could try, but I don't think it will work. Uh, so his running theory is that this is going to take her out for increasingly longer periods of time the closer the ritual gets to completion, effectively. Right. In a loose way, she's sort of vaguely serving as a clock on it. Yeah. Um, he's very convinced that it's not going to harm her in any meaningful way. Yeah. Um, but um, that there isn't much you can do about it. Right, okay. Beyond stop our mug. Yeah, right, gotcha. But if we take out... If we stop a mug and take out the rest of the coven, presumably the link will be broken. Yeah, ritual stops. Yeah. Because Orvin Bane has presumably, assuming that the real sword is out there, assuming that it has Armag's soul in it, the sword has presumably existed for the last several hundred years without problem. I forget exactly when Armag started. I've got it if I need mm. it. Um, but the sword has been sitting around somewhere causing no disturbance for a considerably long period of time in which this hasn't been happening. It's merely that they've activated it in some fashion. Yeah. So, um, I remember, as far as I know, the council as a whole knows the bit about Svetlana being a, um, 
ex-cultist of Vigarona. We didn't tell the kingdom as a whole that part. We kept that to ourselves. Uh, no, that has, um, that has pretty much made its way out. Yeah, because we, we... In, in dribs and drabs and bits and parts. People okay. know she's a sorceress. Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons they burnt her as a witch. It, burnt her her as a witch. witch. Yes, I remember. <laughs> Successfully burnt her as a witch. Um, it's, it, it is not something you have publicised as a king, but it is an openly known fact that... She was Goody Nesca's bestest, bestest bud. Goody Nesca was an evil cultist of Gavrona. She's a single mum divorcee. Yeah. You know, two and two. People yeah. don't have to, people don't have to think all that hard about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, people have run on the assumption that she is no longer actively a cultist of Gavrona because you've pretty much come out and said that Svetlana was involved in this but duped in every conceivable way. Yeah. Yep, that's fine. Um so Perhaps then, for the good of Stagfall, I should offer to step down if this is going to become worse. Well, I'm thinking maybe a temporary hiatus, just for the next few months until we sort out a mug. It might be that um, keeping an eye on Tobias is enough for you to handle for the moment. I, I, I understand. Yeah, she, no, no one's that worried about... Tobias getting into any trouble because he has dozens of eyes on him at all times. Yeah. You know, he runs around the castle fancy free. But yeah. You know, this the, the castle is full of servants and watchers and minders and guards and everything else. He's yeah. a, as safe here as anywhere else on Earth. Yeah. Uh, if we do go for that, it'll just be for the next few months, just until we sort a mark. Your will reinstate you after that, eh? I understand. I, I want to think of Stagborn first. And I'm thinking it might be a bit less weird. <laughs> yes. Certainly. We are troubled by the fact that the stars have had their last word. <laughs> she looks at you. Yes? Uh... Did you just? Am I doing it again? No, no, no! On the table. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the GM working that subtly in there. Yeah, it's literally the sentence just flows on and changes into the words of a song yeah. and then flows on again yeah. without her blinking or seeming to notice that she's doing it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think um, keep going with um, keep going with what you're doing for the month, and we'll look at um, switching things around. And yeah, Michaela looks at you and sort of gives you the little nod of you're on the right course here and makes a little ticking and indication of of the sun moving and twirling her fingers and that sort of thing. I think vaguely about her various secrets and that sort of thing. Uh, You don't have to remove Svetlana, but if this gets worse she's going to effectively remove herself. People are no longer going to be able to interact with her on a meaningful level. Yeah. You know, particularly... If she's just kind of pottering around the castle, it's one thing. If people just think she's being weird, yeah. when she's your official ambassador to all the other kingdoms... Yeah, that is a problem. And also, you know, not to be funny, but we probably want people keeping a bit of an yeah. eye on her rather than her just wandering off to other kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we'll um, 
you know, arrange that th- this will be effectively be her last month as diplomat, given that I just had a kingdom turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's the same thing you usually do. You start transitioning it off. Yeah, so what we're going to do is have a little think about who could be a temporary diplomat. I mean, already um, she's not actually doing as much work as she would usually be doing over this period anyway, because what inevitably happens is when you're at war with another kingdom your diplomatic relations change with neutral kingdoms because no one wants to be seen to be favouring you too strongly because that's coming down anti Drelev. Yeah. Except Pytax, who don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that does indeed sound like them. Mivon are reasonably on your side, but not so much they're prepared to openly throw down with Drelev. Yeah. Pytax could not give one shit what Hannes Drelev thinks about anything. Yeah. And Grolton are probably going the other way where they still like Drelev because they just like me so much, yep. even though, um, yep. even though, you know, at this point Drelev's, um, friends he could count on one hand. Uh, you, you've received several communiques from Grolton, um, requesting further clarification on this Tristan incident. Yeah. Um, since you, since, since things have been, um, more openly declared in a very public forum. Mm-hmm. Um, Grolton has actually not demanded, they're not prepared to go that far, but have requested that you turn Tristan over as a war criminal for his role in their war, their ongoing war with the First World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Triss, if you can acquire him. Yeah. Because I haven't, um, I, we haven't publicised the bit about Tristram, but I no, presu- but you did have that argument pretty publicly at yeah. the Rushlight Tournament. Yeah, and what, what you said the last time I asked was that it hadn't particularly leaked out, but it makes sense if it's sort of done so over the ongoing months. It, it hasn't particularly leaked out to people who don't really care off the street, yeah. or Eldis who was hiding out at the Keeper Flowers not listening yeah, to Yeah, right, yes, I get you. Uh, Grolton, on the other hand, claims to actively be at war with the First World and has an active interest in therefore First World activities. Yeah, yeah, and considering that they're not going to have a lot of success actually finding any of them to have a war with, yeah, presumably yeah. Tristram's about as good as it gets. Uh, Grolton are not big on the publicity side, they're not publicising that they have gone from glorious victory to glorious victory. Yeah. But they have formally notified you that they are at war with the First World. Yeah. As, as far as all of your spy reports go, nothing has happened. Yeah. and have fought no battles because there's no one to fight. Yeah. And the First World have kind of just completely failed to come to the party. Yeah. Not to mention, of course, that it, it's rather like declaring war on Galerian. You've got a mass... You know, the First World encompasses a massive number of sovereign states, different lords, different creatures. Yep. Alright. At which point I will have a quiet conversation with Michaela, my advisor on advisors. You have me. About um, temporarily replacing Svetlana. Um, I am... Who did you have in mind? <sighs> well, I'm thinking about... Um, moving somebody we already have to the diplomat position and um, putting um, putting someone in their role. Uh, 
What about somebody whom, since you're only preparing for a temporary role, what about somebody who we know, who we believe would not be overly averse to stepping down again? Aye, that'd be a um, that'd be a good thing. Uh, Sir March would doubtlessly keep to his word to do so, although that may be putting that may be putting him in too close a proximity to Acheros too quickly. I, 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 my, pl- I mean, they're going to be working together in my plan anyway. But uh, Sir March will be out in the field, nice and far away, not in the same room. And there is Christopher Rossi. I, I, the um, if we put him back in as counselor, we could um, move a core of Silverfire into diplomat role as one possibility. Or she's uh, bypass that altogether and put Christopher Rossi as your diplomat. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I'm not that eager to put him in again as a temporary, though. It's um, He's already moved in and stepped down once. He's mm-hmm. a good fellow, but that seems to be um, asking a bit much of him. Uh, Chief Sootscales is one possibility as a diplomat. Wouldn't necessarily be my first choice, but... Um, if you want to, if if you want to flip off Drelev directly, you could always place Cassandra Domestic in the role. Now that's a brainwave and no mistake. Or if you really want to flip him off, you could put Terry in at the role, since you could go and get him back out of Fort Drelev. That would be hilarious, but he's doing valuable work here, whereas Cassandra Domesti has nothing to particular to do at the moment. Aye, that's a clever notion. She's um, going to be most likely heading back to Fort Drelev once it's free, once yes. it's freed, and won't be sticking around here for the long haul. I mean, nothing about her compellingly says that she has tons of international diplomatic experience. But inherently, as a well-bred noble's daughter, she will know you know which fork to use and all that sort of thing. Aye, oh, it's it's a that's a brilliant notion. I'll um, need to talk to her and make sure she's clear as a temporary position and the like. That young, as um, as a daughter of the nobility, young, I, I don't want her um, feeling like she's got a more permanent place. But um, she's a nice girl and um, would um, fit in in the um, tr- tradition of our diplomats being easy on the eyes, as it were. <laughs> and she's um, Stagthorn, Kingdom of Hot Chicks. Well, seriously, we've never had someone in the... I don't think we've ever had someone in the diplomat role who hasn't been a hot chick. Yeah, I think your your diplomats have gone... Who was your first one? I think it might have been Michaela right yeah, off the it, bat. It was Michaela, Lillian. Lillian Michaela again. Michaela again. Svetlana. Svetlana. Yep. And then it's just basically been Svetlana. Yep, yep, so all four of them... Well, you know, one of them's a half-orc, but, you know... Yeah, she's pretty. Mm-hmm. Kaelin's seen her coming and uh-huh. going, as it were. She's pretty. Other people might disagree. Those people are mistaken. <laughs> just because Kaelin doesn't think half-forks are attractive... Uh, just because Kaelin doesn't think he's attractive doesn't mean he's prepared to grant them a Kaelin prison. Mm-hmm. Alright, and... Um, yes, um, so... Um, We'll actually um, check in with Svetlana that she's okay with that as a temporary idea. Yes, of course. I understand why this needs to happen. I can hardly continue to operate if I am going to born again, he shall return. 
when it seems that I will be making these sorts of mistakes as I speak from people from time to time and lose focus. I I I know it's a tough thing, Glass. That's real creepy to <laughs> It's, um, I know it's a hard thing, but it, I was already pretty mo- motivated. We'll go down there and, um, kick the crap out of Niska and sort this out. Get these, um, get these nasty buggers out of your head. Alright, and we'll go see Cassandra and ask her. Uh, she is in a different lovely noble dress. Of course she is. Because you never meet the king in the same one twice. Yeah. There are rules. Yeah. Um, and she dimples and smiles at you. Your Majesty, Caelan, what can I do for you? Uh, Lady Cassandra, um, I've got a um, sort of proposal for you. Um, my um, grand diplomat, um, Svetlana, I believe you've yes, met yes, her a few times. She's um, a little unwell at present and... Um, oh, what, sorry to hear. She won't be able to um, be our diplomat for the time being. She'll, um, I think she'll be better again in a few months, but it may take a, a little while. And um, I was wondering how you'd feel about um, potentially taking on that role for us on a temporary basis. Are you having this conversation with her alone? Uh, I think yes. Yeah, I see no compelling reason why not to. Yeah. Kaylin is not... Um, yeah, I think Kaylin's sort of got this comfort level with Cassandra, so he tend- does tend to go and yeah. see her. And she looks at you searchingly for a long moment. And she says, you want me to be the grand diplomat? Uh, that was the notion, yeah. Um, well, uh, the thing is um, that... Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think here. Uh, you know that her and Lillian are totally an item. Yeah. Uh, You've told Lillian to sort it out. You haven't told her to sort it out, have you? So does she know that you know? Yes, yes. We, right. we, we, we've had several conversations on the topic. Right, yes. Okay. Um, the, the thing is, Lily and I are... Um, are... Uh, we, we care for each other very... We're in, in love, you see. Aye, I know. What well, I, I I don't know what's. The, I, I'm I'm not. Well, seeing... I, I understand that. I mean, you're the king, and and kings can have appetites, and, and oh, oh. heavens know you're a better man than Hanstray lived. But I I, I oh. don't wish to take such a personal post. With oh, oh you. okay. Just 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 to be clear, yeah, the position of diplomat just means talking to foreign advisors, isn't that? Um, she dimples. Your Majesty, all of your past diplomats have been, um, uh, consorts of of yours. Is that what Lillian told you? Uh, well, I'm I'm well aware that that you had a relationship with her. And of course everyone's talking about you and Svetlana. Aye, that doesn't mean there's any truth to it. And uh, Lady Morag is, is an attractive woman. She certainly is. <laughs> yes, she's really running off the theory that Grand Diplomat uh, is code for... Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I uh, assume this 
it's a role on your council like uh, like like the uh, role that Lady Quintessa Murray occupies. Nay, no, I'm not the same man as Dreliv. Ev, this isn't something I talk about with with young ladies as a rule. But I've only been with one woman, and that's my wife. She she looks flamingly embarrassed to have this conversation, yeah. but doesn't really have a good way to say no. I don't want to sleep with you. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, she's running off the theory that all the grand diplomats are your rotating harem <laughs> because they're all attractive young women, yeah. two of whom you've been openly engaged with, and one of whom you openly have a very close relationship with. <laughs> now, I've never been in a relationship with Svetlana. I've really e- e- suffered the end of all uh, rules. Word on the street. Yeah. Um, now, if you're not be taking my word for that, you can maybe have a talk with Michaela about it. And uh, you can give me a quick sense of the check. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That is an 18. Okay. At no point in the conversation does she use the phrase but Lillian said. Yeah. <laughs> but you can hear it in there. Yeah. Uh, the thing with me and Lillian, it didn't exactly end well. Yeah, she might not be the most impartial source on me. I understand why you would say that. Why you would say that. In any case. I, 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 I just wanted to be clear about my position on the matter. I. My father would be... Well, whilst my father would love to see me married to a thorn, he would be terribly unhappy to see it be one who was already married. Hi. 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 I've... <laughs> I've no... I've, I'm, I'm happily married, and that's and that's that. But with, with that uh, out of the way, as long as it's a, a position uh, of a... Uh, Vertical nature. Then <laughs> I, you may I would be, be sure happy to that. take it up. <laughs> uh, as I say, you can you can speak with Lady Morag on that if you're um, um, doubting my word on the matter. Uh, no, no, I, of course not, Your Majesty. Michaela will totally come and tell you that she talked to her later. Yeah, but, sorry. But women do not discuss this sort of thing openly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll ask Michaela if um, she was able to reassure her on the subject. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Because <laughs> the, um, you know, there's only so far you can take, I'm not a skeevy horn dog, you can trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's come into my private chambers and talk about <laughs> No, no, Michaela is, um, Cassandra is perfectly happy to take your word on that. Oh, good. <laughs> well, on the basis that, um, she certainly doesn't believe you're about to take her into a chamber and throw her down against her will at any stage. And if it turns out that you are endeavouring to get private meetings with your grand diplomat, as long as she believes you're not going to force yourself on her, she can just walk away. Yeah, yeah well, this, the thing is, it is very difficult to um, successfully secure someone as a you know royal consort-style position while maintaining the pretense that you're not doing yeah, it. At some point, you have to actually come out and admit that's what you're doing. And, and Kaylin has a real reputation for not having the sort of guardsmen who take instructions like, don't come in if you hear screaming while I'm alone with this woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's heartening. May, I may have a re- reputation as a lustrous horned dog, but at least I'm not all kinds of bad. <laughs> the thing is, it's... It's just kind of a given that if you're in, a, in an arranged noble marriage, having a mistress or a um, having a consort on yeah. the side, the male equivalent, 
is perfectly acceptable as long as you're vaguely careful and discreet. Yeah. You know, even what Drayliv is doing with the Quintessimal Ray, which you wouldn't necessarily describe as terribly discreet, is perfectly fine. That has not damaged his reputation in any way. He is not seen as a man who is unduly a horn dog. Yeah, yeah. The um, because the thing is that um, although if people knew more about his harem, that yes, yes. position might change. But, but the uh, the concept that he has a not particularly secret young attractive mistress is just sort of taken as well. It's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is that um, you know. It is discreet in the important sense. Yep. He doesn't walk her into rooms containing his wife and say... Eh, eh, yeah, eh, hey, baby. Yeah, he's, um... You know, it's discreet enough that the nobility can all pretend it's not happening, yeah, Ka- which Kaelin, is the only important level of discreet. Caelan is the one here who's doing his marriage the weird way, by marrying a woman whom he's in love with who doesn't have a lot of political connections. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and given the amount of complication he's run into, I can certainly say. Although, to be honest, I don't think a noble marriage would have reduced the complication levels. And, um. So I'll say. Uh. Is this. Is the. Is this position likely to affect. Is my taking up this position likely to affect matters with your brother? Uh. Which. Which brother? Uh. Lord Vaughan, of course. Uh. I don't see why. I mean, you'll be working with them on the council and that. Uh, are you... I assume that you and... I mean, I know your father was trying to suggest that... Uh, I assume that you... Ah, oh God, there's no real <laughs> way to say this. Uh, I assume that you and Lily being an item, that you wouldn't be gratifying your father in the is hopes for a noble marriage with the House of Thorn. Uh, but that does not mean that Lord Vaughan has not asked. I, I sort of figured he might. Of course I told him that, that it would depend upon my father's thoughts and with my father uh, out of communication, incommunicado at the moment, until the Drelev, until the Fort Drelev situation is resolved, it's not something we need to worry about. I. What are you going to do after it's resolved? Oh, I'll, I'll sort it out then. I so you haven't. Don't worry, I have everything under control. So you haven't told Van that you you haven't told Van that your heart's engaged elsewhere. Uh, what would that matter? Oh bloody hell! The nobility is gonna like to do me hidden. Woman's dwarf. Less of. I wouldn't recommend marrying Van and keeping Lily on the side. She's not the woman for that sort of malarkey. I, I haven't said yes or no to Lord Van. I've merely told him it's not my place to uh, accept such a thing with my father in communicator. And he was he completely understood and was a quite a, a good gentleman about it. Aye, aye. He's a um. He was merely making his intent clear. Aye, aye. Just uh. Hmm. Well, it's your life, Lass, but um, be be careful what you be careful what you promise, folks. <laughs> Kaylin can just see the spectacular explosion coming or yeah. rippling through his entire noble structure. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> but yeah, she will totally take you up on being diplomat. Yeah, um, she she wants a setup. We're in. Um, she can retain the proper station for a young lady in that she's not um, alone with strange men sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we... Your reputation at this point actually exceeds that. 
It's a commonly accepted thing that you are not going to take advantage of your position over her. Oh, well, that's nice. Um, Vaughn does not have that reputation. Yeah. Not because of anything terribly wrong with him. But because he hasn't, um, because he hasn't built up sufficient reputation style of thing. Correct. Yeah, alright, so, um... And, And also, the fact that you are married makes a significant difference, because... Whatever else Kaylin is about to do, you're not likely to take her as a not-so-secret mistress, because that comes with a string of um, dangerous repercussions when you have a noble's daughter who could well be queen in her own right. Yeah. Whereas because because Quintessa Murray is, you know, a random girl from bumfuck nowhere... No one in particular, um, yeah. Yeah, no, no one sees her as being a candidate for queen, yeah. unless you get into this bizarre marry-the-woman-you-love thing. Yeah, yeah, but who the heck does that? Um, half-orcs. Yeah, half-orcs. Um, so, um... Yeah, so basically, um, we can arrange, you know, some female guardsmen or whatever to... Um, yeah, yeah. And, it is not at all difficult. Yeah, and, um, you know, for when she needs to have one-on-one meetings with male diplomats. Yeah. And um, I would imagine the general council isn't much of a problem no, because there's, plenty, like, there's lots and lots of people, so it doesn't really come up. All good. All good. We have a plan for our, our future, and um, the theory being she probably needs to spend some time with Svetlana. Yeah, which she will start doing. And, yeah. And will report back to you, you know, Svetlana fades out periodically. Yeah. Perfectly functional, doesn't do anything, doesn't set the building on fire or anything, but... Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yes, and I will clarify that that's what I meant when I said I'm well. Yes, yes, she yeah. pretty much takes that as written. Yeah, mm. As opposed to the other unwell that woman yet, we have knocked Svetlana up again. Anyway, that is your kingdom turn for Ast. Yes. Your kingdom event is Svetlana's incident. Uh, uh, and presumably the trademark with trade, trade route with, trade route with Dagomar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and roll on. Yes. Okay. So um. Well, that um, lends point to what I was probably going to do anyway. Um, but um, so I want to spend a bit of time sorting out my gear and the like. But um, we've not got much time um, left anyway. If you like, we can um, uh, up to you if we want to go and start poking something and then stop at a dramatic moment or just but fade I'm up here. Happy with that. Um, the other one is um, Tristan um, will essentially want to remind you that he has legend lore as a spell now, and thus can um, coax information out of nothing on weird shit if you desire it. Right, yes. Um, could he do a legend lore on Orphan Bank? Yeah, certainly. It's it's absolutely the epitome of a... I'm, I'm pretty sure you can use it on objects. You'd have to yeah, you know, you, sh- you can definitely use it on objects. There's a player's handbook. If you could slide it lightly towards me. Right. Nicely. Legend of your... Brings to mind legends about an important, important person, place, or thing... Um, Tristan knows only rumours of Orvin Bane, so this would take him um, weeks to 
podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, no, actually, given what he's done and what his research that, he has detailed information, so it's 1d10 days. Sweet. Uh, that's not like he spends the whole whole of every day casting, is it? Uh, you may engage in... During the casting, you cannot engage in things other than routine activities, eating, sleeping, and so forth. Um, so he can't go adventuring with you while he's casting this. Yeah. But other than that, Tristan, you know, Tristan explains to you how the spell works. You say, is this all right? And Tristan says, well, of course. It's like, re- it's like research, but instead of going to a library, you can reach out with your mind. I can see pieces out there of I think now that I understand better what I'm looking at I think it's the first world that I'm touching on the old stories and the songs that just float out there waiting to be heard waiting to be plucked up and put into the mind it's it's like going through the world's biggest library he's not only willing to do it he's actively happy to cast woogly divination spells <laughs> that take up long periods of time because he thinks doing research for a month is fucking awesome sweet okay then yes I would like him to research Orvindane okay so I can either come up with something for you now or um, if you want a cooler riddly duplicate I can think about it between sessions and write it well um it's um I'm happy to get I um um, I need to do a bit more paperwork. Yeah. Um, so it's, but you know, I'm also happy to get it when I get back, so it can be. Um, I can just go do what I'm doing adventuring wise, and um. Well, what are you going to do now? Um, take Bryn out and um, go looking for um, our Mark Twiceboard. So, I'm hearing that it might be helpful to you to have that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah so why don't you do your paperwork? Okay. All okay. right. Muse for a few minutes. And I do actually have ten days and I've spent ten days so far in for us hanging around here having a kingdom turn, so Okay, so I would like to hear the cool Orvin Band prophecy thing. Okay, so Leon will come and find you if you're page. Yeah. And he tells you, um Your Majesty your your Majesty, uh, Lord Tristan says the song is nearly complete and you need to go and see him. Okay, well, let's go then. You go off and see Tristan, and he is sitting in a private room in Stagthorn's library, uh, in Elkrist's library. Um, books spread all around him, looking very excited indeed. As you look up, he, he sort of looks at you and almost looks past you. And he says, Caelan, I can, I can hear it. I, I can't quite express it. It may be a little cryptic, but I can see... The, the blade, Orvindbane, it's... It, it's almost here. I... I... There! There it is! And he starts talking in a voice that is Tristan's, but he sounds distant and far away, as if you are hearing him from almost across another plane of reality itself. Ooh! Goron's lust and Gyrona's flame. The sword will bring him back again. Pass the trials and live the lie. Our mag twice born will never die. For a warrior strong of mind or arm, the trial ground will not overharm. For the weak they fall to dust, Orvin Bane tests as it must. Alive with chaos, spellcaster's bane, Orvin Bane brings all war and pain, ever seeking a wielder's swing. A hard-fought trial first tests the worth of the would-be king. 
Interesting. And that is what he gets on Orvenbane. Uh, you can direct him to legend law for more specific questions on it, but that's the general background cryptic doofliffy you get for it. Interesting. Does that fill you with information? It does fill me with information. Yeah. What do you desire to do now? Um, I believe take Bryn and go hunting Amar Twiceborn and his Tiger Lord Barbarian Army. Okay. So, hear what Tristan has to say. How does that help us fight him? Well, I'm not sure it does. I'm fairly certain from um, what Tristan's rhyme said that a mark uh, sword is somewhere and that you have to, I guess, quest for it, fulfill trials and demonstrate that you're worthy of it and that it kills anyone who isn't worthy. Trial grounds, past tests, challenges, challenges of Gorham, war and conflict. Aye, but... uh, Spellcaster's pain. Yeah, it's um, not going to be so much of a problem for us. But anyway, um, we have some idea from um, what that tree Tristan and I met told us and what folk have been saying or roughly where the Tiger Lord's army is. Yep. I'm thinking what we want to do is um, just go have a bit of a scout around, like see if we can get a better gri- grip on where they are, what they're, what they're doing, where those girls are. See if we can get them out. Of course. Alrighty. So, where be you headed? That would be... Um... Up north, up north across the nice easy to walk on grassland bit, um, through into D3, which we've explored as a hill hex. Yep. And then straight out into E3, which is a completely unexplored hex. Okay. C3. I said C3? If I didn't say C3, I meant C3. No, you said E3. Uh, we've explored E3. It's got Cloudberry patch with a tree in it. It's excellent. You are going into... C3. C3. Can I look at your map for a second? Sure. Sure, I'm not. It's got a little note on it, which is Tiger Lords, question mark, question mark. Because I heard a rumour they were over here-ish. Yep. Which doesn't necessarily mean in this hex, but poking hex is generally a good way to find out if they are in fact here. Okay, so... Your plan is just basically to explore the hex and see what you can CCC? Yeah, yeah. The um, because only way to be sure they're not here really is to explore at least a decent amount of it. At which point we might as well explore it. Yeah. And then um, if they're not here, we'll go on to somewhere else unless we find something interesting. In which case, we'll poke that. <clears throat> All right. Try and keep. Try and get Was to keep up. <laughs> you start exploring the hex. Yes. Um, 
Grim makes a quick survive check. And another one. And. <clears throat> As you are exploring, it says, mm. People have been here. Hunters. Mm. No animal life. Few tracks. No creatures. No fierce creatures. Mm. Area has been cleared. So something has been through here and killed all the random encounters in it. There are no random encounters in this hex. Yep. Um, and as she continues to explore, she's mm. many men have been here, most on foot, very some some few horses, lots of tracks, lots and lots and lots of tracks. Army has been through here. Good. Well, that's what we're looking for. And she continues to look for them. Uh, she does not find an army. She says, but not here, but they have been here a while back. Look here. And she takes you to what is basically a big, this is all sort of hilly area, the odd cliff face and large hill and that sort of thing. Um, what she takes you to is essentially a wide open field with some hills around it, making a small valley, making a small natural valley. Um, there's nothing much here, but she points to several signs, which Kaylin would probably, uh, if you can't find them on your own, you can certainly understand what she's looking at when she points them out. She points you to old fire pits, signs of Indians in the ground. It looks like tents have been here and things. She estimates that an army has been here a while ago, several months back. People have come back here since then, not an army worth of them. Um, and um, it's like scouts come back this way periodically, but right, the yeah. army itself has moved on. Yeah. Um, moreover, uh, having found this, you then get a relatively nice and easy search check. Would you like to help her? Yes. Uh, even with Kaelin's Inferior... Oh, no, Kaelin's Inferior search is not quite good enough. Uh, nonetheless, Bryn hits 16. So she hits the DC she is looking for and says, Why here? Dead end valley. Good place to be trapped. Hunted. Nothing much here. Just uh, cliff. White rock. Solid. Basalt. Something. Not a miner. Goes over. Looks at the cliff. Then... Something up there. Go. Up the cliff. And you start climbing with her. Um, what is your bonus to climb? Uh, assuming Kale, uh, I presume this isn't a thing that's in, imminently going no. to disappear. No. Kaelon changes out of his plate, at which point his bonus to climb is eight. Uh, yeah, so you and she can easily scale this, yes. this cliff. It is not just a sheer rock face, but it is, it is basically a perfectly normal, a relatively normal cliff face. It's yeah. a little steep, but certainly quite doable. The two of you scale it up, and when you're about 120 feet off the ground, Kaelin can feel something. And that's what Bryn feels as well. Um, this something carved into this wall in what look like just old runes that you can't understand. Um, they are not in the language that you or she speaks. Um, 
but when you put your hand on them, you can feel something pulsing out of it, challenging you in some way. It's weird. Mmm. Runecliff. And these... These are big runes. Each one is the size of your head. Yeah. So that's what she saw from the bottom of the cliff, is there's some funny indents in that cliff. Yeah. Like someone's gone up there and is actually carved in rune, rune, rune. Rune, 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 rune. Uh, no, rune does not speak this language. What What do you speak? Uh, I don't think you will. But. Uh, orc, dwarven, sylvan, and draconic. Uh, no, you do not understand what this is. You, uh, you actually you understand what this is written in. Yep. Uh, and ooh, you can actually make me an intelligence check. You speak one of the languages that is close enough to this. Ooh. Ooh. Thirteen. Okay, it is written in some variant of dwarvish script. Ooh, okay. Which could make it something like Dwarvish or Giant, or it's definitely not straight Dwarvish or Orcish. You're a real But there are several languages that are written in variants of Dwarven script. Because they have their own alphabet, yeah. Uh, and can you give me a. Uh, I will take knowledge um, geography now. Okay. Uh, 16. Okay. Uh, you actually know what the Tiger Lord barbarians speak, albeit the overwhelming majority of them now speak Teldane. Yeah. Um, but their ancient language has roots in giant. Ah, so this could be Tiger Lord runes. Yeah. Alright, um, where in the heck is this cliff? Uh, it is... Uh, northeast quadrant. Northeast. Okay. I should put rune cliff on the map. Cliff. Rune map. I feel I need to come back here with someone who speaks every known language. Uh, and Bryn checks out the cliff and says, hmm, Mark's on here, but many less people have climbed this a while ago. Nothing recent. Alright. So, a big army came and camped out here for several, several days. Yeah. Uh, this, this would have been a couple of months ago from what she's reading. It's hard to read specifically because it was a long time ago, relatively speaking, but easy to read because there were a shitload of people here. Yeah. Then she's got scout tracks have come back, parties come here, scout parties come here periodically, and at some point, she thinks around the time the army was camping here, some people climbed up this cliff. Right. Not an army's worth of people. Yeah. You know, a couple of handfuls worth, maybe. Okay. So um, they climbed the cliff, looked at the... Yeah, what she's, she's effectively tracking up the cliff where she's looking at loose rocks and scrabble footmarks and that sort of thing. Yeah. Alright, so um, we're going to go up to the top. I mean, I imagine the ruins are what's interesting, but we'll go up to the top of the cliff and take a look around just in case we can see anything else those folks may have been up to. They went up. Uh, uh, you will actually get this. She will just hit the DC she needs for this. Uh, several people went up this cliff. None of them went down. Ah, okay. Then we want to go up to the top and see what's up there. No, they went to here. Ah. They climbed up to where these runes are, and they did not climb down. Ah, okay. Alright. She, she she will actually go with you as you climb up past yeah. it, and the signs of climbing stop. They didn't go any further, and they didn't go back down. 
I wonder if this is the challenge grounds. If we know what this blooming thing says, it was prob- it's probably telling us how to get into the damn cliff. Mm, makes sense. Oh, well, that's worth finding. I am um, not sure if we want to go questing for fl- flippin' Orvin Bane. I'd prefer no one found it, but... Uh, you can, in fact, um, change out Mysterious Rune Cliff, if you like, because you have sussed this yep. to trial grounds. Ah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they haven't gotten the damn thing out yet. And Caitlin, you can actually make me a knowledge engineering check. Uh, 18. Okay, so there's no door here, there's no mechanical device, there's no obvious method of accessing this that you can concoct from your knowledge of engineering. Yeah. So um, I suspect that it, there is a magical way of opening it. It could thing. be a magical door. It could be a secret door that is simply beyond your ability to detect. Yeah. Um, it could be any one of a dozen things. What it isn't is a very obvious hinge door, but that's not a super great knowledge engineering check. Yeah. So you get no further information than, huh? Trial gowns. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. And. You may at this point mark that hex as explored. Okay. So that's um I found this actually in the terrain thing so I can stop bugging you about it. Because how long it takes to explore a given um And this is Hill's terrain, incidentally. Yes. You that wasn't obvious. I mentioned that. Um just I saw somewhere in there there was information about how long it takes to explore a hex. No, I cannot find it. Uh, is it two days for hills? Oh, here it is. It's time to fully explore one hex. Party speed of 30 he- feet. It's two days. Sweet. Which, you know, that's how fast we go with Caitlin. Yep, yep. Well, unless it counts as 40 feet because Caitlin's on a horse. Yes, you move at the speed of horse. Sweet. Bring is faster than your horse. Yes, so that is one day. To and like the time it takes, six. the time it takes you to dismount oh, and thanks. climb a hundred and twenty foot cliff is you know ten minutes and completely inconsequential in the long term scheme. Yep. Alrighty. So, and then we're going to. Um, I think having explored that hex, move on. Yep. Can Bryn tell me which way the army went? Uh. Probably. I know that's a long time ago, but it was an army. Um, she doesn't know. She can't tell where the army went exactly. All over the place. Can't tell you where last batch of scouts went, though. West? Uh, nor'east. Nor'east. Ah, okay. Right, um, up towards, um... A3, that would be... Uh, sorry, B... Uh, C2. C2. Right, okay. Northwest then. Is it? Uh, I think. Oh no, C2. Yeah, no, Northeast. Yes, sorry, I'm just doing it wrong. Yep, okay, so we will follow the last batch of scouts. Yep. Okay. If you follow this trail, Bryn can keep up with it. Uh, she estimates these tracks are in, you know, days to a week old as so opposed to many months. So at this point, we will just follow them as opposed to trying to explore. Yep. And you follow them, and. Then both of you can absolutely trivially hear off in the distance. Smash, smash of steel. 
pounding of feet, pounding of weapons, overwhelmingly loud noises. A lot of people up there. Right. You move more quietly and more cautiously and seek the hills and go and get a surveil of this. Uh, because you cannot be surprised by this, there are far too many men to be even remotely hiding from you. That's an army of like Tiger Lord barbarians. Uh-huh. When you get up there, there are a bunch of big, burly, bare-chested people with axes and great swords and all this sort of thing. They have horses, but literally, you know, only dozens of them yeah. for the army, which is a significant number. And when you count it through, you make an army of a thousand men up here. Ooh, give, that, give or take. That is a big army. That is bigger than my armies. Yep. And Kaelin can easily recognize an army essentially um, they're not on maneuvers and they're not in training they're just kind of here and they are training while they are sitting around in oper- so it is an operational active army right um, but it's not doing anything in particular yeah you know so that the men are doing something they appear to be training and having a string of wrestling contests. You see a lot of things that look like mercenaries on their day off. You know, men are dicing, men are wenching, etc., etc. Yeah. Gotcha. And you have found Armag's thousand-strong army of Tiger Lord barbarians. Oh, yeah. Sitting in this hex. Army! Exclamation point. And an army of a thousand men is way too big and way too unwieldy to ever miss or ever um, be surprised by. Yeah. You sneak up on them with ease, because you don't need to come remotely close to go, yeah. hey, that's a thousand guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, we want to surveil them and see if we can spot where their, per se, noble prisoners might be. Yep. Uh, give me a uh, sense motive check with... Uh, uh, actually, I'll take your pick of... Um, no, actually... Uh, give me two things. Sense motive with a base attack bonus will tell you about this army, generally speaking. Cool, I want to know that. Answer that. Do that one first, and then I will answer your secondary question. Alright, uh... So that's, uh... Uh, 27. Okay, so these guys, these guys look pretty undisciplined... But you don't think that's indicative of their quality, just the style of training they have? These are barbarians. Yep. Like, actual class-level barbarians. Yep. This is a pretty beefy army. Yep, gotcha. Um, They are not... This is not a thousand weak men. This is a thousand strong fighters. Yep. Moreover, as Caelan looks around them, you will see a bunch of different... What a mean nothing in particular to Caelan necessarily, but a clearly different clan insignia and that sort of thing. There's a bunch of Tiger Lord tribes in here that have all come together as an army under some strong and mighty leader. Yeah. Um, at that, you can actually make out where their leaders are and where their tents are for their generals and lieutenants and that sort of thing, or whatever fucking equivalent they use. It's presumably chiefs and um, sub-chiefs and war leaders and that sort of thing. Uh, you do not see any evidence around this area of anyone matching Armag um, uh, the Twiceborn's description. You do not see any. Um, you do not see any particular harems of women. Uh, you see a bunch of women that appear to be not not actually being taken advantage of by the men 
so much as they are big, beefy, burly Tiger Lord woman who are also dragging some of the men off for a roll in the hay. Right, yeah. The winching is pretty much the sort of winching you get with a lot of soldiers, as yeah. opposed to they've explicitly got winches here for that purpose. Yeah. Uh, except that one woman over there by the general's tent, who is actually reasonably attractive from what you can see of her from this distance. You know, she's young, you know, in her mid-twenties sort of thing. Stands out because she's blonde, not particularly built. Um and is completely untouched by these guys, is completely unrestrained in any way, and appears to be dressed in a black in a black cloak with a black covering over her face. This is not one of the noble prisoners you are looking for here. This is um this is one of the black sisters of Gairona. Right, yeah. There don't appear to be many of them here. There appears to be just like a single liaison to this army. Yeah. Uh, as for the rest of what you are looking for so that's the disposition and layout of the army. Yeah. Armag is not leading it. Armag yeah. is somewhere else. Uh, Niska is not, not here. Niska is somewhere, somewhere else. else. The majority of this, the black sisters... This particular black sister not. doesn't appear to be leading it or taking any active role in the camp. Yeah, she's just, she's here. just here to perhaps oversee their interests, perhaps uh, facilitate communication. Yeah. You know, perhaps just to be a presence. Uh, and... You will see these, and and you will see that towards the centre of the camp, there is a large cage. Literally looks like it's been designed for some sort of elephant-sized animal of some kind that has been cleared out, and in it there are a bunch of young women. Right. Uh, They are not under guard, per se. There are no people standing around beside them. Uh, but nobody is molesting them of any kind. Good. They're just sort of in the cage. Yeah. And you probably actually spend a while surveying this. Yes. It's not like you've got anything else to rush off and do. Uh, so you will see... I'll give this to you in your previous sense motive. Um, you will see a couple of barbarians... A couple of barbarians come out. These guys are less superbly well-built than the warriors and less heavily armed in that they are merely carrying long swords as opposed to walking great axes and things. What they are carrying are large pots that appear to be full of food or something. You think these are the servants, you know, that that do the sort of cooking and cleaning and that sort of thing around the camp. But they're also fairly barbarian Yeah. <laughs> they're just not as barbarian-y as their um, explicit soldiers. Yeah. And they come up to the prisoners, open the cage... Throw some jugs of throw some jugs of gruel in and shut it again, and walk out without even looking at them. Uh, the impression you take away is that these, as you watch this, these young women are ridiculously out of their element, panicking. Obviously, the young noble daughters of House Dre live. Um, if you got closer, you could probably pick out which one was Tamarina Vesti. Yeah. Um, they're not being ill-treated beyond the fact that they're clearly in a cage and not free to go and do whatever they like. They're eating crap, but they show no signs of broken arms or bruises or anything like that. And the guy looks at them as he puts the slop in, as if taking advantage of them is... um, It's not even that they're honouring the sort of wartime tradition of as a hostage they're not supposed to be touched because that diminishes their value... 
it's these women are just of no interest to them. This is not what the guy finds attractive at all. Look yeah. at it. It's soft and squishy and it's screaming. Yeah. Who the hell wants a woman that does that? It's too good. It, she's too girly and not nearly tough enough. Yeah, it's, it, this is pitiful. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, so beyond being imprisoned here, they don't appear to be yeah. getting arduously abused. Uh, doubtlessly from their point of view they would think differently yeah but Kaylin you've spent a lot of nights sleeping in worse conditions and eating worse looking food yeah alright so we have found them yep in the middle of a giant army yep yeah uh, fighting the army is out of the question yeah yeah taking them out of here is actually uh, an option validly available to you yep because what I'd be looking at is sneaking down in the middle of the night. Yeah, you will probably end up needing to kill a, a couple of barbarians and have a fight to get them out. Yeah. But you're looking at sneak in, kill some people, take them out, as opposed to kill all 1,000 yeah, yeah. barbarians sitting here. You, you, could say, you could safely assume if the plan involves and then you draw aggro and they all attack you, it was not the plan I wanted to go with. Yeah, so getting them out via an army is a possible option. Getting them out via Caitlin is also a possible option. Yeah, getting them out via Caitlin um, sounds good to me. Yep. But I think at the moment we sit on the hills of El in this <clears throat> army. Yeah. Hostages. Dun dun dun. dun.